I don't know if you can feel it, but for many Americans, the season of heavy eating is upon us. Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, I can already feel the winter holidays straining at my belt loops. And and big holiday meals have long been a tradition. But the actual foods on the table have changed a lot over the years. Instead of pies and potatoes, early colonial plates were filled with things like venison, eels, squash. And one other thing, a custardy fruit native to North America, which was eaten by indigenous peoples and colonialist settlers alike. It was this fruit that Dan Pashman was searching for in the woods. I was in an undisclosed location in the New York metro area. <laughs> Can't tell you more than that, Dylan. I'm sworn to secrecy. <laughs> this, this already sounds like I'm like nervous for you, actually, right out of the gate here. Dan Pashman hosts the food podcast, The Sporkful. And for more than a decade, he's been telling surprising, unusual food stories. Today, he is going to lead us on an adventure involving unexpected revelations, little-known history, and a secret meeting in the woods. It will be a true Atlas Obscura-style food adventure. It's the search for the wild papa and the story of North America's most enigmatic fruit. After this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. So how did uh, pawpaws become a part of your world? It sounds like you've become recently aware of this native North American sort of tropical looking tasting fruit. How did how did they enter your awareness? We got an email to the sporkful from a listener named Sarah Burr in Ohio. And she just said, I'm a chef. Um, I, I wrote a cookbook. Um, and I'm a, a uh, she described herself as a pawpaw nerd. Mm. She was coming. She said, what if I came from Ohio to New York to take you foraging for pawpaws? And I was like, yes, please. Yeah. You know, like why? Like with it, with, with a pawpaw nerd, no less. I was told to show up at this park, basically on the side of a road. And as we, and when we, you know, I, I would soon discover that, like, you hear the word park, you may think like playground and grass, but it was really more like woods, mm. uh, undeveloped woods. And we went for a walk in the woods. 
There's no real trail. So we're like climbing over branches and, yeah. you know, I don't know what we're looking for. I've never seen a pawpaw tree. Sarah is my guide. Here's a poison poison ivy vine. I'm not going to put my foot up on there. And she explained to me that she she finds a lot of solace just sort of like in wandering in the woods. This is kind of like her happy place. When I see familiar plants when I'm in a place like this, though, it, it makes it just gives me a, a sense of comfort. And so I was, you know, trying oh, to brace that, too, this. and we're out for a wander. And then all of a sudden, she's just like, huh? Look. What? 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 Did you find one? And we spotted our first pawpaw tree. This is a baby one. Oh, hello, hello. Here's just a little tiny young one. Look at its beautiful leaves. So it didn't have any fruit on it. It was maybe one or two feet tall. But still, it was like, okay, signs of life. Like, this is promising, you know. Sarah, that was coming from Ohio, she had not looked for pawpaws in these woods before. But she, like, on the, like, the, I guess the forums, the pawpaw chat rooms. Sure. Um, the secret Facebook groups. Dark, dark web, pawpaw dark web. She had scouted out the location, but we didn't have confirmation that we were in the right place or that this would be it. We didn't know what we would find. Would there be pawpaws there? And if there were pawpaw trees, would they be, would they have fruit? So we see this baby, that's a positive sign. But no fruit, because it's a baby. So we keep walking deeper into the woods. And we're walking, walking. We, we kind of knew what to look for, because one thing that she had explained and that I had read in my research is, part of the reason why pawpaws are hard to cultivate is, is that they're also fussy about the way that they grow. So when they're very small, they like shade. But then when they get bigger, they want sun. And obviously the tree can't move. So its surroundings have to change over the years in just the right way. Hmm. That's tricky in nature. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're gonna find a big pawpaw tree, you kind of want to find like a clearing in the woods because it, it needs to be an open enough area where there's sunlight coming in that would have caught a baby pawpaw that started in the shade and helped it grow mm -hmm. to adulthood. And so we're looking down the way and I see some rays of sunlight coming through, dappling hmm. the the forest floor. And we're looking, we start walking towards that way. And then, and now I, because I'd seen one, I recognized the leaves. I said, that's a pawpaw. Is yes! that one? Yes. Okay, okay. But it, it still looks too small. So we start going towards it, and now we find baby. a bigger pawpaw. And within a couple minutes, we found another one. Now we're like, we're in the patch. Yes. That one over there looks a little, that looks bigger. Yes, yes. What, is, is that a pawpaw? That that should be a pawpaw, yes. yes. So all in all, we found, I, I would say, three or four pawpaw trees in, a, in a close proximity, the biggest of which were several times my height, as big as a two-story house. Yeah. Um, you know, not redwoods, but legit trees. Well, I assume you found a bunch of big, beautiful pawpaw fruits that you plucked gently from the trees and ate with delight. No. <laughs> okay. It seems like for a long time, people loved pawpaws. Like, indigenous people ate them, early colonialists ate them. I read that George Washington actually grew them. So, like, why don't we eat them now? The fruits that we're accustomed to buying in the supermarket have been cultivated and industrialized, in part for uniformity. Yeah. Um, the pawpaw has not been industrialized. It has not been tamed. 
Um, and so there can be a wide variation from one tree to the next and also a wide variation um, depending on how many days since it came off the tree. Part of the reason why pawpaws have not been industrialized is that they're very fickle and um, they rot quickly after being picked. So they're not, they don't stay good for very long, so they're not great for being shipped all over the place to supermarkets. Especially when you're talking about trees. I mean, you need a pawpaw tree to be several years old before it will even start to bear fruit. Yeah. So the process of breeding pawpaws to get to the point where you had pawpaw trees that were easier to grow and that would bear fruit that would stay good for longer off the vine or off the branch and and be able to be transported. Like you're yeah. talking about at least a 10 and probably at least a 20 year project. Yeah. Um, with, with an uncertain result. I'm sorry to hear that you you didn't find any pawpaws in the wild, uh, but it sounds like your guide Sarah actually brought some along for you to try. It, what what did they taste like when you first tried them? First thing you notice is the texture. It's soft, almost custardy, like a very ripe mango. There's a little bit of a stringy flesh to it, but you can literally just sort of pull it apart with your fingertips, and it kind of mushes together in your hand. Hmm. You press on the skin and it, it just pulls apart and you get to this flesh on the inside. Um, and then it tastes it tastes citrusy. It had like a very slight sort of earthy funk to it. It was delicious, but also sort of like there's a lot of cognitive dissonance when you're eating it. Like, you know, Dylan, you ever like you're at a party and you're drinking and everyone has the same color, like plastic cup, and you put your drink down. Sure. And then you go to pick up a drink, <laughs> yeah. and thinking that it's your drink, and you take a sip, and it wasn't your drink. Yeah, yeah. And or you're like, wait, what did I just taste? You were drinking a beer, and you pick it up, and it's like Sprite. Yeah. And, and your your brain gets so confused because you're like, that wasn't beer, but what was it? Because you didn't expect. So it just shows you that like expectations are a big part of the taste experience. So the pawpaw is so incongruous because everything tells you it should be tropical, but you're like in the woods in the New York metro area or Ohio <laughs> or 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 one of the Carolinas, and you're like, what? What is this doing here? And so I found it also very hard to wrap my brain around it. I have to say, it feels like pawpaws are are making a comeback in a big way. Like it, I've heard that a lot of people are growing them in their backyards. I know there's a, a program at... Kentucky State University, where they grow them, and and even the fact that we are talking about them, it seems like maybe they are are coming back into style. So I think that pawpaws are definitely due for a moment. I think the moment yeah. is coming. In fact, it may be here. Yeah, I wonder. You know, these hyper, these sort of hyper local movements, and and I think more awareness of kind of what is native and 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 that kind of thing. I mean, I don't know. I, I wonder if there's some good that comes into the world overall when people like care about pawpaws and are like oh you know well for look for i mean it it connects you to the place where you live yeah it gives you a deeper connection to the place where you live to 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 be made to think about like oh this plant is from here and it belongs here and it's been here for hundreds of years and by growing it and eating its fruit you know and enjoying it you're connecting to something you're connecting to other people who have lived on the same land and shared that space yeah and um you're having a shared experience you know and and, and so that is cool and, and and certainly like that walk in the woods with sarah it just sort of like a nice couple of hours walking in the woods getting yeah. lost in the woods and wandering and so it's it just connects you to nature and connects you to the place where you live in a in a way that's that's that you're not going to feel if you walk into the grocery store and buy some fruit. 
that connection to getting all the way back to this idea of something growing in the wild is like a really kind of, that's a pretty profound idea. We as people move around so much more than we did generations ago. Yeah. Um, it's more common for for any one of us to maybe have lived in different parts of the country over the course of our lives or to at least have traveled around more readily. Um, and I just think that you can kind of become a little disconnected from the place where you are because also things sort of start to all seem the same. Mm. Like when I, when I travel to a place, people hear that I host a food podcast and they always want to be like, oh, well, this is our like hot new restaurant in this city and it's always some place that's sort of like doing what looks to me like the same kinds of things that restaurants are doing in new york and i'm like well, i don't want that i yeah. show me the thing that i can't get anywhere else yeah that's what i that's what that's why you travel that's why you go places is to experience things that you can't experience where you live and so to connect with pawpaws is to connect with a thing that can only exist in in this place and makes the place feel special and that's exciting Special thanks to Dan Pashman for speaking with me today and for sharing his journey to find the pawpaw. If you want to hear more of his and Sarah's adventure, check out his podcast, The Sporkful. It's really, really great. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Camille Stanley, Chris Naka, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Willis Ryder Arnold, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore, Guinevere Govea, McKenna Smith. Our technical director is Casey Holford. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. And I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I'll see you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Hi, I'm Willa Paskin, the host of Decoder Ring, Slate's podcast about cracking cultural mysteries. On Decoder Ring, we dive down rabbit holes and obsessively explore questions hiding in plain sight. Like, why has slow dancing gone out of style? And when did we all become obsessed with hydration? And where did the word mullet, you know, to describe a hairstyle, come from? That's Decoder Ring, named one of the best podcasts of 2023 by The New York Times. Listen to new episodes every two weeks and make sure to follow us so you never miss one.